0: Unsilencing Stories is a podcast that reflects the voices of people in small towns and communities in Canada who have lost loved ones to the toxic drug supply crisis. Since 2016, more than 30,000 people have died from fatal overdoses in Canada, and that number continues to climb. The risk in smaller towns and communities is much higher than in urban areas because of a lack of harm reduction services and stigma against substance use and people who use drugs. This podcast is part of a community-based participatory research project facilitated by Erin Goodman, PhD, a faculty member at Quatland Polytechnic University in Surrey, BC, along with students Jenna Keeble and Ashley Pockernich. The aim was to assist collaborators in publicly memorializing their loved ones and expressing grief, as well as challenging silences imposed by dominant media organizations and stigma from society against substance use and people who use drugs. We hope these nuanced stories make a clear why why the government needs to be doing more to prevent further deaths. In this episode, we first hear Elizabeth Sawatsky interviewing Charlene Vermeer in Chilliwack, BC, about her son, Kevin Sawatsky. Kevin Sawatsky died from an opioid overdose in 2020, two weeks before he would have turned 46. Later on, Charlene interviews Elizabeth about Kevin, who is her husband. Please note, this podcast contains information about overdose death, grief, and trauma that may be distressing to listen to.
1: Can you describe a moment or a time that you shared together and what you remember most about it? The night before he passed away, he
2: worked at a pizza place in where I live in, in Euro. And as he often did, he would just pop by. Then I was sitting on the couch. It was quiet. It was just him and I. And um he just I had a coin that I had found that was an old coin and and a a cup, a chalice that I had here. And so he popped in and I said, I wanna know if you know anything about this chalice and so he, we sat for like probably I don't know an hour and a half just chatting and researching and, and joked lots and so our little word that we said was instead of saying I love you we always said Lalu and so that was my last words to him when he walked out the door.
1: Is there something about Kevin that you think no one else knows?
3: Oh boy. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe that he sucked his thumb till he was seven <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, he was pretty private about that one <laughs> were there any major changes that affected him in in a big way in his life i think moving to vancouver changed him a lot i don't think he used any
2: drugs at all until he moved to vancouver maybe smoked lot or a few times whatever probably drank too much but I think moving to Vancouver wasn't a good move for him.
1: How do you think Kevin would want to be remembered?
2: A fun-loving, happy, <laughs> thunder in the room. <laughs> he always had a great, great sense of humour. He loved everybody. He was well-remembered by everybody. He had the biggest, deepest laugh ever. And he always had a joke. It didn't matter what. He always had a joke. He always faced everything with a joke. And he was a, I was a good son. And he was a good husband dad he just loved life loved once he got clean he was a total different person again even though I was late for everything
1: (laughs) and how will you honor his memory I think the best way I can honor his
2: memory is by trying to help others get out of this situation (laughs) which I'm
3: kind of doing right now people who are fighting addiction right now so living with me
1: tell me the funniest story about him something ridiculous he did when he was a
3: young teen. They would think of things that they could do to each other. There was about, I don't know, maybe a group of seven or eight kids that always hung out here. And one of them, they could always get him going, like they could get him riled pretty quick. So one day I could hear this, him killing himself, laughing, and you could hear him he, two doors down where he was at his friend's place. And he and the guys had ganged up on one of the, well, not really ganged up on one of the other guys, but decided that it was his day to be, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> made fun he could get pretty wild anyways he took his bike and hung it in the neighbor's tree <laughs> and then got the rest of everybody it was just like roaring together and he did silly little things like that and it was fun they took it down afterwards but <laughs> i think the whole neighborhood knew that one
0: we're now going to hear charlene vermeer interviewing elizabeth sawatsky about her husband kevin sawatsky who died in 2020 at the age of 45 due to an opioid overdose
3: what is your name?
1: So I'm Elizabeth Sawatsky and I live in Chilliwack, BC. And you
3: are what related to Kevin Hill?
1: I married Kevin. He was also my best friend. We've been friends our entire lives since I was born. And uh, we finally got married in 2016. So yeah, same guy, Kevin Sawatsky, 45 in Chilliwack.
3: And Elizabeth. Her mom and I were best friends and <laughs> I was there moments after she was born. So that's how, that's how close we are. Can you describe a moment or a time that you shared together?
1: We went to see the tragically hip live on Gord Downey's Farewell Tour, because Kevin loved the Tragically Hip. They were probably one of his favorite bands, which is interesting because they were a different style than a lot of the music he listened to, because his other favorite band was Nirvana, which is like the opposite of the Tragically (laughs) Hip. (laughs) But we went, and it was so amazing. And then he kept saying, I hope they play my favorite song. I hope they play my favorite song, which is Fiddler's Green, which they almost never do live. And then they sang it, and he was so excited. And we stayed overnight (laughs) in Vancouver and had dinner, and... Where we were having dinner, there was the Gord Downey fan club was meeting in the back. So they gave us a bunch of stickers and he was so excited. He says one of the best nights he ever had was going to that concert.
3: Do you remember when we went to um, Phantom of the Opera?
1: Opera. So that
3: was on my bucket list Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) and on his bucket list. So we did that together, too. Yeah, the three of us.
1: Are you comfortable with his or can you talk about his death and how did he die? So Kevin is another victim of toxic drug supply. He was invited by a coworker. He used some recreational drugs that was not what he thought it was. And both of them used it. And by the time she used all the time, so she didn't die. But by the time she came around, she tried to revive him. But it was too late because she had been out for hours. And it was just bad drugs. It's not what he wanted and yeah it's 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 why we need to fix this because then he'd be here
3: yes it's a crazy world out there
1: if he was here today what would you ask him (laughs) oh what would i ask him do you have a secret bank account with money in it (laughs) (laughs) i'd ask him why i mean i can think of reasons why i mean i feel like i knew him pretty well And that I know he probably thought in all these years, everything I've done, I've never overdosed or if I've overdosed, it's always been fixed. I've never been able, I've never killed myself with an overdose. And so I think he felt a little bit invulnerable to it, that he thought this is fine. And because I'm using with someone I know, I'm doing all the safe things I'm using with someone else. I'm using with someone I know the stuff they're getting hasn't killed them but he forgot that when you haven't used drugs in so long, you have no tolerance anymore. So even if there's something else mixed in, even if his coworker didn't feel it, he did. Before <laughs> bed every night, we would either put on we had our own little play scratchy scratchy playlist, <laughs> or he would recite. There was a couple of poems he knew off by heart. And he would scratch my back or, like, draw a picture on my back or whatever as we were lying there before bed. I was going to text, reply back, scratchy, scratchy. And so that's what we always called it. And that was even our password for e-transfer was scratchy. And the other person had to write scratchy <laughs> because no one would ever figure out what it was. That was our secret code, was scratchy, scratchy. And yeah, he'd come home from work, and I'd he'd wake me up so we could have scratchy scratchy before um, I went back to sleep, and he would stay up till two or three in the morning. That's what I miss most is because no one, no one else for scratchy scratchy. I don't draw very good on your back either. <laughs> yeah, you probably also don't know the entire Calvin and Hobbes poem, the Nauseous Nocturne. No. Okay, with him, what would you do? Just hang out, hang out, and talk. We would talk and talk and talk for hours about anything and everything and and all the things and we would stay up all night and watch the stars because that was his favorite Oh yes for sure was watching the stars we'd always sit if i was awake when he'd come from work i'd often go outside and meet him outside if it wasn't miserable out and we would just sit in the car and watch the stars in the evening because he could watch the stars all night and that would be just the perfect day with him just hanging out because yeah we wouldn't didn't need to do anything special to have a good time. We would just <laughs> enjoy each other's company. I mean, it wasn't always good, but it was, it was always, he told me one time that I was his best friend that he had. He made it a point in general. He didn't like to associate with people say he had been in treatment with or whatever, because he didn't want them to bring him down essentially. But so he told me one day, he's like, you're my best friend. And I said, Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a couple of weeks before he died, he told me stories from my childhood that I didn't remember, which was also super special because now I have the memory of him telling me of things that I didn't know about from when I was a kid. And my yeah. brother being mean to me.
3: Most kids would ask for, you know, a trip for their graduation. Kevin asked for a telescope, so he <laughs> loved he loved the universe and the stars, and that's where he's walking right
1: now, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So, how will you honor his memory?
1: So I have a tattoo for kevin this one is the matching tattoo we got six weeks in i got serotonin and he got dopamine and then this is his left ring finger like his wedding finger and my wedding finger with the coordinates of a star we got in one of those star kits that you can name a star and then it's a star he drew above it i just think about it because i'm like he's right in there he goes with me everywhere and my other big thing now is I'm trying to be of aware and more of an advocate for safe supply and harm reduction and everything because it's one of those things so many people think is not about them and it's affecting everyone now. It is. And so to me, it's really become a very important issue with 2,224 deaths in BC last year due to toxic drug supply. It's a big issue. And so I'm trying to learn more about it and advocate for it because Kevin was a big proponent of safe supply and harm reduction. We had lots of talks about it. And so I want to honor him by ending the stigma associated with drug use and promoting safe supply.
3: And for someone who never had drugs in their house, me,
1: Uh
3: I've had to resuscitate with with Naloxone. naloxone two people in my house. And I found, I found one person deceased.
1: Not at your house, though? Not
3: at my house, no. It's crazy out there. It's just, it's nasty out there right now. And I just talked to a police officer just recently, and and they just said, it's terrible. They have sometimes night after night after night that they are actually resuscitating. The supply is never the same.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode of the Unsilencing Stories podcast. To listen to more interviews in the series, please go to www.unsilencingstories.com. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on the episode, message us at unsilencingstories at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and please share the project of other people you know.